Shalom everybody. Welcome back to uh, another episode of the uh, Upper Room After Hours. We made it. We made it for another week. Uh, another week in the Upside Down. <laughs> By God's grace. Uh, there go I. So, um, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for joining me. Um, another great episode lined up. Um, first of all, if you could do the uh, do the honors, like, subscribe if you're new around here, get the algorithms going, uh, would be much obliged. Um, uh, as I said in the first episode, it's it would be great to um, you know really introduce a uh, interactive element to this show. Um, now, uh, one of my passions and one of the things that I really enjoy, just in terms of, of media and interests, is is the uh, interview format. I, I love watching interviews. I have done for a very long time. I just think it's an amazing way in which information can be shared and that we can learn and uh, grow and develop. Um, and so it's a, it's a fascinating medium to be able to um, be part of, uh, particularly in a, in a modern context. So we, uh, it's our hope that we can integrate that within, uh, within this show um, as you know, within the podcast, I, I get to interview a range of guests on, on a multitude of topics. And uh, I think this is a great opportunity to have that experience with you, the viewer, um, to genuinely hear uh, your your interests, your opinions on, on certain matters in the world. Obviously, you know that uh, we're looking at world issues, current affairs for a biblical lens, uh, for a biblical framework. Um, so it's... Um, yeah, it's really a uh, an interesting uh, place that we can share and uh, yeah share ideas and and and, uh, and see what the general consensus is on on certain subjects. Um, shout out uh, our brother Josh uh, for the music. Um, very talented individual, great musician. Uh, go to his Instagram. It's uh, Nak producer N A K the producer. Um, yeah, phenomenally talented uh, individual, and um, yeah, shout out, shout out for the tunes. Um, yeah, so great, uh, great show lined up today. Uh, got a couple of couple of spicy ones lined up. Look forward to getting into it and chopping it up. And um, so, uh, without further ado, let's let's uh, let's let's jump in. Yeah, so this uh, this first story it's uh, taken from. A group called Live Action who do some uh, uh, do some uh, incredible work in the areas of uh, pro life. Um, uh, again, it's it's a subject that's very prevalent, um, uh, just in terms of um, what we're seeing in mainstream uh, media. A lot of debate. We've obviously had the the Roe Roe v Wade um, uh, narrative that's that, that's popped up recently. And um, it's one of those um, polarizing uh, subjects, but um, you know, as in uh, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be uh, the coming of the Son of Man. And every now and again, we we see something that comes through uh, the pipeline, which is uh, yeah, a clear indication that there's nothing new under the sun. That there's a, a regurgitation of the doctrine of demons that manifests uh, in a modern context. And I saw this earlier on in the week and thought this is a, a prime example um, 
so yeah shout out live action they do a lot of amazing work they're apologetics on the uh, on the subject of uh, abortion um, is incredible uh, i think that's spearheaded by a, a lady called lila rose very adept at um in the field and uh, yeah uh, have a uh, check out their work and yeah it's it's, it's great so um yeah let's uh, let's get into it first trans woman to have a successful uterus transplant ovaries and eggs included and I want to be the first trans woman to have an abortion. You are not only wanting to risk putting your body in harm's way by doing a surgery that could potentially kill you, by implanting a uterus, eggs, and ovaries into your body, and then be the first trans man, woman, whatever, to become pregnant, but it doesn't stop there. You want to be the first man to have an abortion. To prove what? That your fake organs work? Because honestly, to become a woman has nothing to do with can you abort or not. That's not the definition of, a, of womanhood. So, I mean, honestly, this is just, this is probably the craziest thing I've heard today. The first trans woman to have a successful uterus transplant ovaries and eggs included, and I want to be the first trans woman yeah, so, to have um, an abortion. What we have there is, um, you know, when I first uh, when I first came across this, I was I was shocked. It's shocking, but I'm not surprised at the same time. Um, this, uh, I can't even call it a woke agenda because this goes beyond the pale of... Uh, any rational uh, thought or, or debate on on the subject, and um, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised that we've come to this point in the road where uh, we even have uh, this thought process, this um, these ideas that are coming through um, into uh, into culture and society. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that we've. Uh, We've just been through the Torah portions uh, through the Book of Numbers, and there's there's examples where uh, Yahweh uh, God instructs uh, the Israelites to to go out and smite lands and enemies, particularly the Amalekites and the Hittites, all these ites, you know, the great um, you know giants and Canaanite uh, uh, foes, as it were, and um, this is where the uh, apologetics for the the God of the Old Testament come to fruition. Where you know he's a he's a tyrant, he's a, he's a murderer, he kills children, and all of these um, uh, despicable descriptions of 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 God of Jesus. Um, as a matter of fact, start uh, being used by uh, particularly atheists. You know, um, anybody who's who's uh, essentially godless will use this as a, as a part of the armory in terms of the defamation of the character of of Yeshua. And um, they often neglect the context in which these things are being instructed and taking place, whereby you have cultures, societies, peoples, tribes, who are uh, essentially sacrificing children um, to deities and, 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 and false gods. You know, your Molex, your Baals, and all of those ancient Canaanite uh, deities, which are still prevalent today in today's culture, but 
perhaps maybe uh, rearing in more of an insidious form uh, where perhaps a lot of modern uh, cultures don't even realise perhaps um, quite what it is they're, they're taking part in. However, it just begs a, an interesting um, precept to um, quite what it is that's taking place. Now, it's all done in the guise of uh, progression and um, you know moving forward and equal rights and trans rights. Um, but, but we know that piggybacking... Um, these uh, these narratives is is essentially the doctrine of demons and the spirits of old. You know this. It says in the word that that the spirit of Amalek will return generationally to um, oppose uh, uh, God's people and uh, essentially the divine natural order of things. And here we are today. We have an individual who's saying, you know, I, first of all, I, I want to, you know, get Frankenstein on it and insert ovaries in a uterus and and have a child which is um right that's that's madness step one you know and um step two is is to pre is, is premeditated murder essentially you know I, i'm i'm gonna have a baby for for the sake of of, of killing it you know what 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 what, was, what is going on there well how have we come to this point how is this um even uh, allowed to to be uh, a conversation or an aspiration, so it begs the question really like how do we deal with this you know in in the old testament i don't even want to say the old in the word um you know there's there's very clear instruction to to go and, and take these people out of the game essentially and see those who live by the sword die by the sword we're in a different context a different era. However, we we have that righteous um, anger. We have that uh, disgust and um, responsibility to uh, oppose these uh, these doctrines and ideas. And um, I just think it's a very challenging uh, area in which how do we how do we deal with this now? You know, in in my flesh, I'm looking at the individual. I'm looking at the um, the tone of voice, the deliverance, the, the the triggering element to to this message, and you you see the demonic behind it. But in my flesh, I I, I want to have reparations against the individual. You know, I, I feel like I want to take revenge, and um, we know thankfully that revenge is is of the Lord. But how 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 quickly does it take us to get to that point of Ephesians six of seeing the the powers and the principalities spiritual wickedness in high places that are operating behind the individual because that's what we're dealing with when it comes to that level of evil when it comes to that level of deception you know you could you could uh, arguably take the individual out of the equation however you're still left with that disembodied spirit of Amalek operating behind the uh, uh, behind the uh, veil so to speak so it's um yeah, it's it's a very uh, triggering, very difficult, and uh, just frankly, uh, an amazing uh, principle that that we're having, uh, that we're even entertaining these uh, these ideas. So, yeah, very uh, very provocative, very um, emotive, and um, yeah, some some food for thought. Um, so yeah, one one to chew on.
So how do we how do we respond to this? How how do we get to that point of praying for these individuals? Are these narratives going to get any better? Or is there worse to come still? Just a, just a couple of thoughts to, to dwell on. Uh, feel free to let us know in the comments below what you think about this. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see your opinions. So for our next topic, um, I think unless you've had your uh, head buried under the sand and uh, you have absolutely no idea in terms of what's, what's been going on of late, there has uh, been a recent uh, movie release. Um, uh, it's called uh, The Sound of Freedom. Uh, now, um, when I first came across this uh, movie, it sounded amazing in terms of the premise for those that aren't aware, it's a movie based on um, the Underground Railroad um, network where it's uh, essentially um, Jim Caviezel, who uh, more famously played uh, Jesus in, in the Mel Gibson's Passion movie. Um, he's, uh, he's playing an individual called Tim Bullard who was essentially a, an ex-CIA um, agent, <coughs> excuse me, and um, he was uh, he was spearheading uh, operations that were infiltrating and taking down um, uh, child sex trafficking rings in and around um, South America, I believe, Colombia, Mexico. And so, uh, on the face of it, it's like, oh wow, amazing! There's a, there's a movie, a mainstream movie that's coming out that actually beat uh, Indiana Jones, uh, the new release uh, at the box office, um, did some serious numbers despite being an independent movie. And uh, just for some context, uh, I believe that uh, this movie was made and finished back in 2018 and uh, is originally uh, done under Fox, uh, Fox Studios, uh, that distributor, but... They were essentially taken over by Disney. Uh, Disney then shelved the uh, the project, and then here we are, uh, five years later, and uh, Angel Studios, uh, the infamous Angel Studios, uh, took it upon themselves uh, to to release this movie. So, yeah, on the face of it, it's like great. Um, the more exposure to to this area. Uh, the better, and um, what a great way for people to become aware of uh, a very real, very serious, and um, uh, yeah, a, 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 a terrible, terrible problem that's that's plagued civilizations for for millennia now. Uh, some light is being shed on it. So on the face of it, it was like great. Uh, however. <clears throat> it's transpired uh, that there may be some correlations out there that um, possibly, well, make me feel slightly uncomfortable. Now, I I don't have like a a fully a, a fully resolved uh, conclusion on this subject, and um, yeah, just for the sake of transparency, I, I can't present to you a, a, a full 
start, beginning, end, conclusion on, on the matter. And that's where I think this is a good opportunity on this platform to be able to share um, even just trains of thoughts and, and lines of thinking to, to open it up. Because there may be those who are, I don't know, perhaps more well-researched, uh, have more information and more depth on the matter. Um, there's only so much I can, I can really uh, research in a, in a given period of time. And to actually create that dialogue of, you know, quite what is taking place in real time and um, to use that level of discernment uh, in terms of uh, what, what's taking place. Now, um, again, not wanting to, uh, yeah, negate good work, um, shining light in dark places, and um, yeah, these these are all good things. Busting child sex trafficking rings, um, and uh, yeah, the freedom of children. Like these are all incredible things. However, you can see a narrative that's being uh, built up. Uh, within the media and um yeah i just find it it's a, a very interesting narrative that's, that's, that's taken place before us so the reason uh, I, I may be slightly hesitant is if you even if you take the individual components of uh of this story <coughs> i believe that there are red flags um initially so you have Jim Caviezel and Mel Gibson, uh, super, super Catholics, um, affiliations with the Catholic Church, uh, veneration of, of, of the Pope uh, and that system. Um, albeit, you know, a kingdom, uh, it's a kingdom divided within itself. You've got different factions within the Vatican and the Catholic Church, so there's there's lots of... Uh, different narratives even within that with Vatican 1 and 2 and the historical divides within the, the faction and how we see that playing out. One thing is for sure though is that the Vatican is on a, a PR exercise as it were. They're, they're trying to recoup their uh, their PR, their, their representation in modern media. They've taken some hits and Hollywood has been um, essentially a great stomping ground for them to, to be able to do that. So you have movies like this, you have, uh, I believe Mark Wahlberg recently did a, a film called Father Stew, whereby he, he plays um, a, a reformed guy who, who, who turns into a pastor and, you know, a, a story of, of redemption ensues. Uh, you then got him on talk shows afterwards, you know, advocating for, for the Catholic faith with the mark of Tammuz on his forehead and just, just that, that that Catholic. You know, again, it's hard because we're, we're speaking about individuals who we don't personally know. Who knows about Caviezel's individual intention, Mel Gibson's in, in individual intention. What um, becomes apparent is these red flags. Now, again, Angel Studios, uh, very divisive... Um, uh, history, recent history, whether it be the you know the the work on the chosen, the uh, the divisive nature of where you stand on that production, um, littered with controversies in the time that it's been um, been filming, and um, you you throw it all together, and, and before you know, it, you've got yourself quite a, uh, a compelling 
story. Now, this is where I start getting, it evokes a, a memory of, let's take it back to 2017, 18, you've got Donald Trump, uh, he's, he's running and becoming president, uh, he's going to drain the swamp, you've got QAnon having a, a surge in um, essentially prophetic um, proclamations of the satanic cabal being taken down through the works of Trump and co. And um, it actually, uh, I, I do do vividly recall a time when, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a time of all, all this hope of like, oh wow, we're going to see some some major action. We're going to see some serious uh, um, serious changes in terms of the political hierarchy and uh, and uh, the the things that have been taking place and uh, to condense it we could we could do a full show on on QAnon itself but these things didn't come to pass and uh, to describe QAnon as uh, uh, it's an incredibly uh, fractious uh, area but you know best described as a false prophet there were many proclamations in terms of things that were going to take place they didn't take place and uh, it's it basically developed into a mishmash uh, muddy waters of you know the the hard evangelical right, uh, conspiracy theory. You know Capitol Hill riots. Like <clears throat> it was just a, a mess. Now, what uh, I'm, I'm trying to paint a context here is that within promoting this movie, I've seen uh, a correlation whereby uh, Jim Caviezel uh, is uh, rubbing shoulders with this uh, QAnon phenomenon that's having a, a resurgence, and uh, I just I'm just super hesitant about it. And again, I don't mean to negate the work of, of the, these individuals, but there's something discomforting between the relationships between these different uh, power structures. Uh, so actor Jim Caviezel has defended the film Sound of Freedom, in which he is a lead role. Amid criticism, it is linked to the baseless QAnon conspiracy theory. Now, on the left, we have this, um, this narrative of, um, you know, that there is no... That there's these, these networks of... of um, child trafficking, a, a baseless conspiracy theory. You know, there's no satanic cabal. And many of the leading uh, news broadcasters from a left perspective are like denying and almost protecting uh, these, uh, these institutions. Uh, in July, 11th edition of the Charlie Kirk show hosted by Turning Point USA founder Carl Charlie Kirk, uh, Kavizio addressed claims that he and the Sound of Freedom were QAnon adjacent. Now, according to, 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 to the actor, uh, when he was filming the movie, he had no idea of what QAnon was and what it stood for and everything, but he's found himself interweaved in, in this narrative. Um, uh, Caviezel compared people who believe in the theory to Christians persecuted by the Pharisees, an ancient Jewish group mentioned in the Bible. Uh, Caviezel correctly stated that there had been ties between the KKK and members of Congress, but erroneously stated congressmen had not gone after them or Nazis, only the QAnon. Uh, he, he added, now by the way of analogy, if the Apostle Paul, uh, and I'm a Pharisee, uh, and I'm going to go after Christians and take them down, now let's remove Christians and make it QAnon. I'm going to destroy them because the Romans told me they are evil. I'm going to destroy them because my own church staff, my fellow Pharisee, said evil. Well, I'm going to take them out. Now, it, it, it's, it's this premise. Now, 
Kavitsul himself, he, he gives many interviews and he, he, he speaks a lot of truth and uh, for the lion's share of things, seems very uh, uh, genuine in terms of the per- perspective he, he's coming from. But if you have a little dig around, there are some questionable elements to, to him and his ties and, you know, you just don't know with it, uh, you know, an actor being in Hollywood and, and whatnot. But I'm starting to see this blend of affiliation between the, the Christian right the ev- particularly in America, the evangelical Christian right, uh, QAnon, uh, which is a, a very fraught uh, area, and this uh, affiliation. Um, and again, just going into QAnon, uh, Kavisio then repeated a common QAnon assertion that there is no such thing as QAnon, just Q and Anons, uh, a phrase used by conspiracists to deflect from people it supports who deny ties to the movement. Uh, the Q refers to an individual who claimed to be inside the government and made numerous numerous false claims that politicians were directly involved in a satanic global paedophile ring. Uh, at several points, Q made predictions online that that did not happen, including that Hillary Clinton would be arrested and the Democrats would be arrested and executed on the orders of former President Donald Trump on President Joe Biden's inauguration day. Uh, and it goes on, as I said, there are many predictions made uh, that, that didn't come to pass and um, a lot of people were left dejected and yeah what ensued was just uh, was just a bit of a mess so what um what, what it says to me is that there's just um plenty of areas here where I, I'm just left feeling a little bit uh, uncomfortable you know I are Christians being tarnished with this brush of uh, QAnon conspiracy theorists when, you know, you do the research, you, you, you have a look, and um, these things are very real. These things are uh, ancient in its essence. You know, you go through the bloodlines and uh, the history of these um, these organizations, and it's it's documented, and it doesn't take much to, to, to see um, that these things are real. And these people are speaking about some very real things, but it's uh, is there a tarnishing that's 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 been taking place? So it's um, yeah, it's 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 muddy waters. And um, like I said, it'd be interesting to uh, to get your take on uh, how you feel about this uh, this subject. Is there an ulterior motive or, or am I just being cynical? How, how do you feel about the overlapping with QAnon and the evangelical right? Is QAnon just a wolf in wolf's clothing? Uh, is this a reach? As I said, you may have done more research on this and uh, have a bit more of an insight. So, yeah, feel free to, uh, to give us a shout.
So um, it's very easy to uh, look at the world, trawl through the uh, the news, and uh, to become despondent about uh, current events. Um, again, these aren't light issues, essentially. Um, so I, I thought it's important to to bring some good news, to exhort the body a little bit, as as it were. And um, this next uh, this next story is. You know this. This is for this is for the the body of Messiah who uh, do go through trials, who do go through tribulations uh, in our personal lives, in our in our sanctification with with God, and our problems are, are can feel very real. Um, it can take time. It can take uh, healing. Um, it's all manner of troughs peaks, obstacles that um, we deal with. Um, but I think in the, the Western culture, it can be easy to uh, easy to forget the blessings that, that we that we have, the freedoms that we have, and um, more importantly, the responsibility um, in terms of uh, in terms of what uh, what we're called to do, you know, the Great Commission. And um, this next story is just uh, to highlight that we aren't, you know, uh, dictated by our circumstances. Yeah, things happen, things come our way, we have challenges and tests, but we, we can't be dictated by our circumstances. And um, yeah, this next, uh, this next clip is just a, a highlight of uh, what it means to give praise to God irrespective of our of our circumstance um so i came across this um it is uh, a video from uh, god behind bars now i don't know much about their work and what they do but i caught a glimpse of of this and to me it just highlighted that you've got um many people here who have serious circumstances in terms of uh whether it being you know crimes they've committed um, true repentance taking place um, and uh, essentially we've got a, a group of people who are in a maximum security penitentiary in America and you know they're just having a worship session and uh, it just highlighted to me it's like we we can't be uh, restricted by our our circumstances when it comes to our veneration and enjoyment and, and joy in, in God so um yeah, I'm just going to let this play out and um, enjoy. How are you guys doing? Good? <laughs> hey, Prudence, why don't you just play? Some of you guys in this room, this is one of the only moments that you just have your time with the Lord. Like, it's, it might always be chaos or, or noise or whatever. So I just want to take a moment and allow you guys as British as plays to just spend some time with Jesus. Reflect. Begin to think of things that you're grateful for. Begin to think of the riches that are yours in Christ Jesus. And just take that moment. Prudence, you just...
speaks for itself really um like you look at the accumulative uh circumstantial net negative in that place you know you've got men who are probably never going to see uh um never going to see freedom on this side of eternity and um you know the pain and the, the the traumas and um the, the repentance that's taking place in that environment uh, would be absolutely massive. Um, but yet when you look at that and you see the, the joy, you see the love, uh, you see the veneration, and, um, you know, it's it, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, like I said, it was a, a reminder for me where it's really important to... Um, you know, give that space, give that time to the Lord in which you can just give him your devotion, your love, and uh, to experience that freedom, you know, <laughs> that that freedom that they have, that irrespective of the four walls that surround them, ir- irrespective of the mistakes that they've made, irrespective of the um, uh, the the lack of hope in terms of, you know, their their their, their personal lives, they still... Have a, have a great love um, for God, and um, yeah, I just I just thought that would be a good encouragement for those out there who are uh, maybe in difficulty, who are um, facing a trial, who are facing a test, and um, yeah, just uh, just worship anyway, just praise anyway, and uh, he'll he'll see you through. So yeah, that 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 one's for you. Okay, for um, <laughs> one last uh, one last outing into the weird and wonderful. Um, now I'm a man of my word. I try to be. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And I've uh, I've asked people to uh, contribute with any stories, anything that they come across. And uh, I guess uh, I'm duty bound to uphold that. So this one's uh, this one's for Joe, our minister at the Almond House. Um, again, he's no stranger to to the weird and wonderful. Um, and we, we get this um, insight occasionally when he's giving a teaching and uh, I guess for the sanctity of the pulpit as it were there's only so much you can go but here I am I'm out here in the wild west and uh, I may be able to uh, to go that 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 little bit further um, so he's given me a nudge and said Darren you got you got to have a look at this you got to cover it so um, you know you you be the judges you you make your uh, you make your mind up so um, here we have in Mexico, uh, 
A mare marries alligator-like reptile who he calls Princess Girl. Um, you can't make it up. Um, is this the next step in the Anunnaki reptilian agenda? Or uh, is is this just a uh, mad cultural uh, ritual that we, we, we've seen now? Um, actually, like, on first... Uh, on the first look at this, it's uh, quite a uh, a jovial, um, mad story. Uh, you know, Victor Hugo Sosa says, during the wedding ceremony, I accept responsibility because we love each other. That is what is important. You can't have a marriage without love. I yield to marriage with the princess girl. And here we have uh, the mayor um, in, uh, in cahoots with this... Uh, this reptile. Um, a mare in Mexico has married a female alligator-like animal in a traditional ceremony, which is believed to bring good fortune to his people. Uh, God help them. Uh, Victor Hugo Sosa wed the caiman reptile called Alicia Adriana as he reenacted an ancestral ritual. Now, this, this is this is what happens when you when you're following these ancestors. These spirits of old, they, they have you doing mad gear. Uh, local law or tradition calls the creature the princess girl, and the mayor said the pair loved each other. Onlookers clapped and danced in San Pedro Juamalula, a town of indigenous Chontal people in Oaxaca, state southern Mexico, as they entered into the holy matrimony. Any Mexican Mexicans out there? Uh, my apologies uh, for pronunciations. Um, Mr. Sousa said during the ritual, I accept responsibility because we love each other. That is what is important. You can't have a marriage without love. Very true. I yield to marriage with the princess girl. And he was pictured kissing the animal on the head. Um, marriage between a man and a female Cayman has taken place there for 230 years to commemorate the peace between the Contal and the Huave indigenous groups. Wow. It's a, that's a, a big effort to keep the peace. Um, the mayor, representing the Chantal king, marries the reptile, symbolizing a Huawei princess girl in a union of the two communities. <laughs> Why don't you just give him the girl? Like, Surely that, that would be sufficient. Uh, Caymans live in marshes and are endemic in Mexico and Central America. And, and there we have the, uh, the gorgeous bride. Um, before the ceremony, the animal is carried from house to house so locals can hold her and dance. Uh, the reptile wears a green skirt, a colourful hand-embroidered tunic, and a headdress of ribbons and sequins. Uh, her snout is bound shut so there aren't any pre-marital mishaps. Gosh. Uh, she is later dressed in a white bride's costume and taken to the local town hall for the wedding. After the event, the mayor danced with his bride to the sounds of traditional music. We are happy because we celebrate the union of two cultures and the people are content. Wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, on, on, on first looking, I'm like, wow, this is just some uh, crazy, crazy stuff. But um, then I thought about it and I was actually like, well, <laughs> the, 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 the denigration of marriage it, itself, we know as... Uh, spirit-filled born-again believers we know what marriage represents and the embodiment of that being the return of messiah uh, to to take his bride that bride being israel uh, and we're familiar with the uh, you know the long covenantal story of the uh, israel of old uh, 
falling into fornication, spiritual adultery, and uh, essentially being rescued uh, upon the return of Yeshua to take his uh, captive bride and to restore her to freedom in uh, hope, love, and peace and everlasting matrimony. And um, when you think of the, the depth and the wonder of marriage itself, and here we have this uh, centuries-old pagan um, ritual that is, uh, you know, like it's it's just uh, it's just a mockery essentially, and um, again another indication of the world we live in, the uh, the place that we find ourselves in, and um, yeah, there we go. So that one was for you, Joe. We shed some light in some pretty dark places. We go into the uh, the mouth of the the reptile. The beast, as it were, and um, yeah. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's your lot essentially. Um, uh, it's been a pleasure. Again, um, I hope um, you've enjoyed it. Um, as I say, uh, feel free to um, to get interactive, get in the comments, um, and uh, yeah, let's 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 create that dialogue. Um, so yeah, I hope uh, I hope that's blessed you. Um, I hope this uh, this reaches you and your family well. Um, it's been a pleasure, and um, God willing, we'll we'll see you on the next one. Shalom, love to you all.